It's reporters assemble. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it, sports reporters. We have indeed assembled late on this Friday evening. Andrew Hammond up there of the Detroit Free Press is here. Andrew, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. It's been a long week. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can say that again. For a it's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. for, 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 for a variety of reasons, it has been a very long week. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm trying to get by. I, I Tomorrow is going to be amazing. Like I cannot wait for the sleep I'm going to have tonight. Like I've been tr- thinking about that all day today is just the, the kind of amazing sleep I'm going to have of just having so much off my plate after today. So we're very, very close. We're very, very close. It turns out grad school, uh, a lot of work involved. Also here, Bob Silverman up there in New York City of the Daily Beast. Bob, good evening, sir. How are you? Evening. Although for all you listeners, it's probably, I don't know, morning, afternoon on a mm-hmm. Saturday. So, you know, we're, we're doing a little night talk. Night talk. Chase yeah. on podcast after dark. It's where we, right. we dive into it Notre gets, Dame. Po- mm-hmm. It gets a little blue, so be warned. <laughs> uh, but, hey, if you would like to get away from the, the, the gloomy nature, just go to our Instagrams or our Twitter page, actually, because Bob and I shared our, our cute pups and uh, their, their lack of motivation today. They, they know how to do a Friday, which is uh, just lie down and do nothing. I, I took a very, very attractive photo of Max the dog today, if mm-hmm. I have to say so myself. Um, and uh, we got him just groomed earlier in the week. Which, very good. By the way, by the way, I, just to be clear, I spend way more on my dog's haircuts than I do on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it costs a lot more to make him look tight. But you love it, it, don't you? No, I want to pay less than that. Okay. Well, I'm looking up dog grooming videos <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> don't don't groom yourself please don't start grooming the dog yourself bob you know how much they charge granted i'm in a kind of swanky neighborhood i was gonna say the new york price versus the knoxville price might be a little bit different we we go to like there's a uh uh, there's a pet smart near Mm -hmm. us which are there pet smarts in new york city Uh uh-huh i didn't know that okay there's a pet smart near us, but we were told by our there are a lot of dogs in this neighborhood. So mm-hmm. you know, you walk in the dog and you see someone else with a dog. You talk about dogs, right? And uh, <laughs> they they have all the them and the aforementioned. We've discussed this before. The very disturbingly attractive men in the <laughs> dog park. Your favorite? Um, my favorite. Uh, uh, in any case, they all said don't go to the pet smart because they don't treat the dogs well, even though mm. they're significantly less expensive. Um, so we don't. So we go to our local um, dog grooming boutique nearby. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll let you guys take a guess. Go ahead. And listeners, you can play along at home right now. Why don't you guess <laughs> how much it costs me to groom a 2.5 year old 24 pound cockapoo i'm gonna we say do it once every two months we should probably do it more often but we do it once every two months or so i'm gonna say 85 dollars. that's an interesting guess uh andrew hammond um what was chase's guess 85 85 dollars this the is what the is price is right for damn dogs so <laughs> chase said 85 don't you dare yeah. say 86 
No, I'm not going to be a dick and say 86. <laughs> I'm going to go 90. Okay. 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 Uh, is that your final offers, gentlemen? That is. Anything over 100 yes. is preposterous. It's $160. Oh! oh. See, here's the thing. I was going to go 120 oh. because I feel like there's like maybe a... I'm, I'm not going to say... How do I put it? Like a, a pet fee in terms of just like... Basically, you're paying like 20, 30 bucks for the dog to freaking be there. No, no. And then everything about, else on top of it. It's not about crating the dog for X amount of hours. It really is just, it's an extensive process. It takes about three hours. It's mm. 160 before taxes. And then you're oh, supposed to tip. No. Wait, and you're tipping? Yeah, tip, yeah, tip your barber. Tip, 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 tip the rough, yeah. rough barber. Uh-huh. Yeah, you do. So usually the damage for me, it's about 190. Oh, and you're doing this how often? Once every two months. <sighs> okay, that's not bad. Doing it more often. That's not bad. I mean, that's you, a lot. Do you, rather do you do some? Don't do, do the math on like that, Bob. Some, some temporary maintenance at home, like in between. We have been. We got a lecture from the dog groomer the last time we went. We weren't <laughs> brushing. We, we we didn't. It wasn't a lecture. We just got slightly looked down upon by our snooty dog groomers. Mm-hmm. Um. Who do an outstanding job? Don't I mean? Not, don't get me wrong. They Average were just like, yeah, yeah, pod, so be careful. Together, Bob. They they were like, you should be brushed. You should. It was a wonderful <laughs> use of the passive voice. You should be brushing him more often. Mm. And it wouldn't take as long as it does to groom the dog. Very passive aggressive. Of course, Max doesn't really like having his hair brushed. No so dog does, Bob. To, yeah. He he does the fake biting thing, uh, which he evidently <laughs> did to the groomers also this most recent trip. And so here's what happened. So we got a lecture mm-hmm. last time about not brushing at us. So we tried to brush him more, even though he tries to bite us. <laughs> we brought him back, and it cost less to do it this time because the damage was less extensive. Mm-hmm. We didn't get lectured about brushing him, but they did complain about the dog biting them. So I felt compelled to tip more. Oh no. To make up for the biting. What if they were just saying that cuz they knew you would up the tip? I I feel as though that that was not what happened. I I don't think they were working me. Okay. This, this wasn't a game of three card <laughs> You never know. It's hard out there these uh-huh. days. You never know. It, it it is, but like I said, there are a lot of dogs in this neighborhood, and there are a lot of well-to-do folk, and I don't think they're like it. It you have to wait for an open slot. Mm. You can't. There's no walk-in business. <laughs> my 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 dog needs a reservation. He needs a res <laughs> to pay so that I can pay a hundred ninety dollars, and he can try to bite the groomer. That's amazing. There's a very exciting YouTube video, or not very exciting, but it's it's a wild one. It's an hour, about an hour or so long, and someone finds a stray dog that clearly nobody has taken care of for who knows how long, and its hair has grown out so long that it looks like uh, a four-legged Wookiee. <laughs> and by the time they're done grooming this animal, it's you, you had no idea what was hiding underneath it. It's I love very, that. Yeah. Um... I will say, and then we'll move into uh, our sports topics. Sports. Um, I was at the dogs. <laughs> people love dogs. That they have a universal the approval rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was at the barber, and I don't know if y'all have ever been in this situation, but 
a couple weeks ago, I tried out a new one in Knoxville, and I got to the end, and it was one of those card reader things where you just go in. The lowest tip option was twenty five percent, and I look and I was like, "Huh?" Oh, so are you just oh, so you're being cheap? No, I'm just like that is uh like who's gonna call it? Because you're kind of in a position where you're like, I'm not gonna say anything about this, but like. 25% being the lowest option, like there was no custom amount that you could do. It was like 25, 30, 35, 40. That was it. Those are the four choices you had. Wow. Is that not wild? Yeah. What if is they did a, a bad job? boy barbershop? Say it again. Is this, is this a barbershop for fancy lads? No. That's what I'm saying. Like it stunned me. So I, I was just taken aback uh, from the whole thing. And I was like... I've never seen that you, before. There was no option for you to input your own tip amount. No option. And they're just staring bullets at you the whole huh. time. And I wasn't going to be confrontational and ask them about it. But it was just uh, one of those things where I thought about it after. I'm like, I've never seen that before. What am I supposed to do? That is a bold choice. Because like, who's going to be the person to be like, uh, don't you think it's a little high? Or don't you think this is kind of weird that I can't do a custom amount? What? Uh, I don't know. It it was very strange. So I'm probably not going to go to back to that one because they did an okay job, but it was just weird. It's a really weird situation. Didn't like it. Didn't like the the precedent it set. Interesting. <laughs> Which naturally brings us um to the highlight of the hour. Bob, stay with us. The college football conversation will not be long. We'll get this out of the way. I've been sitting right, on this for guys, a little bit. Uh, I, like I said, my only contribution to this is. Him putting on the Hillary Clinton Southern accent was hilariously funny. Well, that's the old right. coach, and it was amazing. Um, I sent it to my family. Yeah. We were all dying. Like it was, it, it, it's top notch content. Top notch. Okay, you guys have at it. I'm done. I'm uh, tapped out. Okay, that's, that's it. <laughs> Bob will be back in a second. Bob, you promise this will be funny because Andrew's going to yell at me. I'm going to guess. So Andrew's very excited. Marcus Freeman is the new head coach at Notre Dame. Um, he there was questions whether or not he'd be the interim and just coach potentially if they're in the playoff if they find themselves in the playoff uh, former players, current players uh, advocated for Marcus Freeman um, well liked former Buckeye, five star Buckeye uh, was great at uh, Cincinnati has only been in Notre Dame for one year um, all that's great, all that's great Andrew, I, I've looked online and I've looked at the people and the way that they've responded to this and there's a lot of momentum and he had this like hilarious awesome uh family full house spoof that he did with his family um yeah. like he seems like a really likable good dude all that being said the certainty that notre dame fans and just like the certainty that they have and the the push the unanimous push for marcus freeman to become the head coach of notre dame uh, when this is like what makes this a unique situation. Luke Fickle, who is undefeated right now in Cincinnati, has rebuilt that entire program where Marcus Freeman came from. Um, you saw the success that Brian Kelly just had. He's arguably like just the most successful Notre Dame coach of all time. Um, yeah, yeah. You have all that. So the, the like you're already replacing a legend like Kelly's a dork and all that kind of stuff. But like. That is already a That's humo- a nice way of calling him an asshole, but you know. Right, whatever. Like, whatever. <laughs> whatever you think of him, the dude won a bunch of games and overachieves at Notre Dame. Like, I will bang that drum that he overachieved and gave him, getting them into the playoff as much as he did is amazing. Beating Clemson, amazing. So, with all the academic requirements and everything else, Brian Kelly, 
awesome. Like you're uh, like I I just wonder because there's so much excitement. I'm like, well, he's probably gonna be worse than Brian Kelly. Like there, it seems very unlikely that he's better than Brian Kelly because Brian Kelly. Well, it's hard I, to follow a legend like that and follow his success and match his success. There's a lot of pressure there, similar to what yeah. Jimmy Lake had to follow at Washington. Ooh, he, ooh, okay. You see, uh, I'll, I'll I'll stop you. Well, hold there. on. I'm almost done. I promise. I'm almost done, and then I'm gonna leave the floor to you. I, I just, you know, I I just I just okay. Uh, because the the Jimmy Lake Pete situation completely different, and I'll explain why. So yeah, all that could be true. All that could be true. Um, it's just, I mean, there's the Will Muschamp where he was the associate head coach at Texas, and he was the defensive <laughs> mind, and people loved him, and they were like, he's a rising star in this industry. Everyone celebrated the the Florida hire, and it's like everybody wanted him. Marcus Freeman, he he's going to get his opportunity for all kinds of different jobs. He could be awesome right away. Who knows? Like when Lincoln Riley got elevated, when Dabo Sweeney got elevated, uh, like when Jimbo got elevated, it's very possible that can be the case. However, if you have Luke Fickle and you have Matt Campbell also very much in the running here, two guys like Matt Campbell, what he has done at Iowa State is preposterous. Five straight winning seasons that happen five times total in 26 years. Um, Luke Fickle, very much likely going to the college football playoff, Catholic guy, strong background. You know that the odds of him flailing out at uh, Notre Dame, next to none. Matt Campbell with a bigger talent base over, and you know what he, kind of coach he is. He is a top five coach in this industry. If both Ooh, of those okay. coaches were... That's another thing I'll okay. disagree with. I, I mean, winning at Iowa State the way he has, I just don't think there's... You can count them on one hand who can do that. He's and plateaued. He's what? He's plateaued. I don't think he's plateaued. I, I really don't think it's that at all. Um, he beat the he's he gave Oklahoma State their only loss this season. Oklahoma State might be in the playoff this year. All I'm saying is I would I'm not saying Marcus Freeman's not going to be good. I am saying if you are a Notre Dame fan and you're not concerned that you kind of had to make this decision because you were wondering about the recruiting class and thinking short term and like he's likable and all that kind of stuff. When you have these two sitting head coaches who were like have shown obviously a bunch that they are elite head coaches that would keep Notre Dame humming at this level. Freeman's a wild card like he just is and I think it just troubles me that there's this so much certainty because it's like it's a boomer bust thing where it's either going to be awesome and he's going to just keep it going and Tommy Reese is going to be better than what we've seen from Tommy Reese at this point at OC and Marcus Freeman is just going to keep recruiting at this high level but there's also a huge bust potential here and I just don't think there's a I think he is a high ceiling guy but the floor is lower than fickle and campbell who i don't think have a that would have like there's any possibility that they would struggle at notre dame does that make sense is that fair are you it, mad andrew it, no 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 i'm not okay. mad at all i mean i think there are some things there are some points that are not great um and, and i think there are some things that you know because having like covered iowa state like what matt campbell did at iowa state absolutely spectacular but having covered some of the recruiting battles hi Brees hall that matt campbell had with other big 12 schools i'm not saying matt campbell's success is you know a freak matt like people want to say oh yeah this dude's a fraud matt campbell isn't a fraud i will i will come out and say that right now matt campbell isn't a fraud matt campbell's one hell of a coach but you want to know why Matt Campbell 
was so successful, especially in recruiting in the Big 12, because the programs that should have been challenging him weren't challenging him. A lot of the guys on the Iowa State roster were looked at by a bunch of different schools. And you know what? Matt Campbell basically kind of became their, I'm not saying that he became their only choice, but they went after the kids just harder than kids, kids in the the Kansas city region, St. Louis region, Wichita region, like basically that entire lower Midwest, they've been killing it in recruiting, but at the same time, Schools that should be competing with them in that, they weren't putting the resources in there. So part of part of Matt Campbell's success, and Iowa State fans will, it's, I like Iowa State fans, but the thing about Iowa State fans is that, and they're kind of like K-State fans, is that they don't want to accept the ugly truth. And some of the ugly truths about Iowa State's success is it's been at the, I don't know, lack of a better term, behest of programs in transition or programs I am putting out the effort. And so Iowa State is a byproduct of that, which, once again, it doesn't excuse their success. They've been a successful program. The question that I have is – when Matt Campbell goes to the next level, when Matt Campbell goes to, if you were to go to a Penn State, if you were to go to a Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, you want to know what's going to happen? Those schools that he's going to have to recruit against, he's stepping up in weight class. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but it's easy to get down and dirty and go into other conference rivals territory and basically pilfer their kids. When those schools are looking the other way, high K state, high KU, Ohio state, Michigan state, Michigan, those schools, uh, uh-uh. they, if, if you are looking at a kid, if Ohio state is looking at a kid, I learned this covering recruiting. If Ohio state is looking at a kid, you better believe every school in the top 25 more than likely is also looking at that kid. Matt Campbell, if you're trying to save a recruiting class, which that's one of the elements that Marcus Freeman was good at. Mm-hmm. And one one thing that Marcus, like people want to talk about, you know, Marcus Freeman's recruiting ability, the, the things that made Cincinnati successful, the things that made Ohio State successful when he was an assistant there, he was a grad assistant. Like you look at Notre Dame's recruiting, Notre Dame potentially will have a top five class in 2022 and 2023. You want to know who's responsible for that? It ain't the dude with the fake Southern accent in Baton Rouge right now. I mean, he was still recruiting at a pretty elite level his his whole time in, in South Bend. Here's but 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 Chase Chase Chase. Mm-hmm. 
top 10, top 15 recruiting classes. Alco was helping great. get there. Like, he had guys who were helping. Like, get like, like, the, like, those are great. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get into the top five, which top five recruiting for it's the last early, man. Seven to A lot of years, stuff has not happened yet. I don't I, know. It's still I, early. I'm, 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 I'm just saying mm-hmm. that if you want to maintain that. Right. And you, it, the perfect example why school X should probably stick with the guy that literally everybody in the locker room wants and administrators are like, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, we should keep him. Want to know why? Look at Oklahoma right now. Oklahoma had a top five recruiting class for 2022. Half those kids are gone Mm -hmm. and they're all waiting on who else is coming. Mm -hmm. You don't need that. And when your players are coming up to your administration saying, hire this guy, yeah, that can always be like, hey, but you see, and you see a change in the program once he got there. Mm-hmm. You saw a change in the attitude. You saw a change. Well, I mean, they did just go to how- two straight playoffs. No, I'm just, um, I, but what I'm saying with in, in regards to why Marcus Freeman is the guy, yeah, it's easy to get the hot name, but right. you needed you you needed another voice in that program, a voice that can relate to players and that can give you a shot at taking you know taking that next step. Because here's the thing. Notre Dame, the program, is, I would say, they are in, if if Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Georgia, I'd, I'd say those three schools, in terms of recruiting to pro pipelines, those three are the best. But mm-hmm. what they do, they win championships, they win conference championships. No, Notre Dame isn't in the conference, but... Notre Dame's on that second tier. They're with Oklahoma. They're with Michigan. They're with Penn State. There's like eight to ten schools on that B level that are trying to break through into that consistent top tier level year in, year out when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to results, when it comes to the pros. Brian Kelly, I get it. You want to get that title. If he had just come out and said, it's about the money or it's about taking that next step for my career, I'd have a little more respect for him. I don't think you can say that, though, publicly. I think it kind of like slams Notre Dame, unfortunately, and puts I like mean, the, the, he would be saying to, the quiet part I out mean, loud. It's at, at, but to, to be fair, at that point, you kind of just slammed Notre Dame anyway, because you got coaches on the road recruiting. Right. And that's and to me, that's. That's the biggest sticking point in terms of why this was made. One, you need to save a recruiting class. And who's the one person that is ready to take this role who is basically going to be the next big thing in terms of coaches? But uh, here's the thing. See, this is if what I'm you, saying. It's the certainty. It's like I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I like this, this. This is why this is why there is certainty 
when you talk to coaches, Uh-oh. when you talk to administrators, when you talk to people mm-hmm. around the sport, there have been multiple bidding wars for Marcus Freeman services for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Like one, like LSU fans, which the same was true with Milton Muschamp, by the way. Uh, but Lincoln Riley Muschamp, before that, yeah. But I mean, Lincoln Sark. Riley's been to the playoff twice. Steve Sarkeesian. Chase, really? I'm saying this happens. Like there, there's always going like, to be hot yes. coordinators that everybody yeah, but, wants, but, but and here, then but, some flame out. Because you, so you mentioned Dabo a few minutes mm-hmm. ago. You know, Dabo almost got canned, right? Yeah. Like, get, like Dabo almost got canned a few times, and then he, 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 he figured out. Okay, this is what I need to be successful. Like, Dabo he hired. Got, he hired well. Like Freeman sticking with Reese is a. Red flag, like that's. I don't uh, believe Reese is the guy. I, here's because yeah. Notre Dame's problem hasn't been defense, and it hasn't been. I don't even think the recruiting. It's, it's like been, when they've getting that. It's been Ian it's Book. Been, it's been a quarterback. It's, yeah, it's been. Freeman doesn't help there. I don't think. I, hey Chase, do you have to file a? I, I'm a uh, yes. <laughs> I, love, okay. I love Bob popping in here. <laughs> hey Bob, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close. Knock knock. <laughs> be your mom all the time. I love just, that Bob just, just came in like my mother, just tapping in the like, hey, are you still what what are you doing here? Now you gotta pay I I like that. Um yes, yeah. I do. And it's yes, we're almost there. We're almost there. Bob. So and and uh, look all I'm happy that my contributions to today's episode were limited to dog haircut commentary, but And Max you know, making an appearance. Yeah. Max it's chewing on his toy right now. No, we can continue. That, we but... can continue. All right. um, yeah. But Andrew, Let's shut it down. On <laughs> the, the the parting words on the Notre Dame position, are, are you mad at me for Honestly, making this putting against fighting. it? That was not, no, that was no, not we'll, we'll okay. see. I'm 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 trying to. Okay, so we look at Luke Fickle. We look at Matt Campbell. Those are the like. Notre Dame has been searching for the guy. It's kind of like Miami. You're searching for the guy to pull the sword out of the stone. Mm-hmm. Is, is Luke Fickle the guy? Absolutely. Here's the thing. There's two jobs Luke Fickle would leave for. Notre Dame and Ohio State. And Luke Fickle, he, he might not have to wait too long for the, uh, for the latter option. Maybe. So... I, I look at Matt Campbell and I want to see Matt. Cam- I'd rather see Matt Campbell's success attempt to be duplicated somewhere else. And I think that's very possible. If Pat Narduzzi were to take a gig, which. Oh, Narduzzi is another good example of this, by the way, with D'Antonio forever and then his time at Pitt. I mean, his time okay. at Pitt's been meh. It's meh. Until this year. This year he figured well, it out. Yeah, it wasn't even defense. Thing, like, it was because they had Kenny Pickett, who's the Heisman favorite right now. It changes everything when you have is, the right quarterback. Which is which is kind of funny because Kenny Pickett, mm, mm, meh. Like I saw him in, he, he in might person. Be the, he might good. be the most meh Heisman winner since uh, since Jason White. Okay. So yeah. Um. Well, there you go. We'll see. Everything will have to play out. We'll see how it unfolds. I just, I'm also, curious. Take it, take it from a Notre Dame fan. Mm-hmm. Marcus Freeman is the guy. We'll see. Like that's like that is it. You don't want you don't want somebody who's basically been 
the ace recruiter for you and and your program to go away because there's a there's there's a trust level between the administration and the players and you don't see that a lot in college football these days and because the the, the ad will sit there and go oh i want to bring in my own guy i want to bring in my own guy and then he does it basically at the you know he who cares what the players think so I, I I think that there's a combination of that. To me, you look at Tommy Reese. That Notre Dame offense, it, it at times it it hasn't looked great. It hasn't looked great in the, what a decade. But they're in the top thirty in scoring. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. I mean, like it's. I mean, it's I, literally I, cost you in the playoff. Like that's the difference. Is like it's been fine, but it hasn't been. Okay, in the so top okay, yet. so Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Okay, let, let's let's take a look at the playoff opponents. Mm-hmm. They've run into generational Clemson team, generational Alabama team. Like, I I, I don't know. But what I'm saying what's... is the defense is there. Like you saw it against Alabama last year. Like you played Alabama better than um, Ohio State even did. Like. All I'm saying is, like, if you don't have Ian Book or you have a better offensive mind developing them or you're finding the next Brady Quinn or Jimmy Clausen, something like that, okay. you have to get back in that game. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you you actually think Jimmy Clausen's a good quarterback? Uh, no. What I'm saying is that kind of five-star rating. Like, you have oh, to get back yeah, in oh, that okay, those types. Okay, you have to keep getting those guys in the building. Like, that's the ultimate decider in Notre Dame flipping their playoff fortunes that's is flipping that. Ish- but that's the same issue that a bunch of schools are having. Like, yeah. you just can't load up your quarterback room like Ohio State because you want to know what happens? I saw this in a tweet from somebody. One wrong move, and you're 2015 Texas A&M. Yeah. You start the wrong oh, that was guy. That's Jones, and, I think. And everybody and their grandma's leaving. So it's easy to get. Also, Notre Dame is 56th in passing offense this year. Yeah, everybody knows they're running the football now. Like, duh. Well, I mean, I could go back last year, and it's going to be near the same number when they're in the yeah. playoff. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't know what what they're supposed to do in they terms of... They were 58th last year. Once again. All I'm I, saying is that's what I'm... That's all I care about if I'm a Notre Dame fan, is figuring that out. Figuring out the offense, figuring out someone who can come in and get the most out of the quarterback position like, and fixing there's that. There's like two four-star receivers and a five-star receiver coming in. Like, we'll they're see. getting guys. And, and and who's the guy who brought them in? Marcus Freeman. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it happens. Maybe it happens. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, there was a firing this week in uh, in the NBA. Bob, Neil O'Shea goes down. The Portland Trailblazers having Shocker. this. He's gone. Bob, what do you uh, what do you make of Neil O'Shea being dismissed uh, this week by the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. There's some. Uh, it's. I, I... <laughs> Has anybody come out with a report yet? No, nothing, nothing. We just we there was a notice that the Blazers were conducting an internal investigation, and apparently the. That had to have been a month ago, and the apparent first result of that is Neil O'Shea is gone. Uh, I mean, look, he he has been running that team for leaving aside whatever sketchy stuff he pulled, which we still aren't entirely clear on. Um, you know, he had a good run, man. <laughs> uh, he he uh, 
what uh, you know, he built. He he drafted well. He did well to transition from the Brandon Roy team to the team built around Damon Lillard. They went to a conference finals. They drafted and developed C.J. McCollum. They couldn't ever figure out how to put enough good players around those guys. But you know, that's uh, not to. Boulderize Aaron Sorkin, but that's life in the NBA, man. Sometimes you don't get there. He he was, a, but after ten years, I think it's time to bring in someone else, unless your GM is Red Auerbach or Pat Riley or something. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It, here's the thing about that whole situation. Kind of reminds me of Notre Dame. <laughs> you, it, no, I mean, but 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 the parallels are there. I, I just zoned out throughout that entire conversation. But, but, all, but, I was but, all I, you guys turned into the. One of the teachers from Charlie Brown. It was just well, and and here's and here's why I say that in terms of the Blazers. Please go on. The Blazers can do everything in the world to try and get in that top half of the West, but I mean, congratulations! You 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 made what one Western Conference Finals, and even then, it was just kind of like. There was some awesome Dame time moments throughout the years. I think while disappointed, as Blazers fans may be, that's a long stretch of a successful team that won a lot of games. Anyone, Blazers fans are complaining about the job. Again, giant asterisk because we don't know what kind of incredibly scummy things he may have done all the while. But... I don't think there's a. I really don't think there's a lot to complain about if you're a Portland Trailblazers fan as far as the product on the court. Well, um, I, I don't know if Chase is is uh, here. Chase, Chase is doing his homework. We're we're, well, us, well, I was we're driving say, this bus. We can I, well, well, I was I was just gonna say um, we may have to go back to the uh, the, the college football discussion because. Remember what I talked no, about in terms of QB rooms being entirely too full? Uh, no, I wasn't listening to you guys at all. I have well, no idea well, what well, that's Bob, a reference to. Well, Bob, just know yeah. that the top-ranked quarterback for the 2021 class, Quentin Ewers, has informed Ohio State he is entering the transfer portal. So, yeah, uh-huh. don't fill up your quarterback room too much, guys. What does that have to do with the Portland Trailblazers? Um, it was breaking news, Bob. It was breaking news. But back to the Blazers. Uh, okay. I, I'm I'm interested in seeing what the fallout is for this team because, look, I get it. Oh, we're getting Just, a look now. We're getting a look. That's how you know it's serious. Look. I mean, the, the ceiling <laughs> the, the ceiling for Portland has always been top four in the West. I think they maybe got there twice, maybe three times in his run. Um, somebody will correct me on that. Uh, I so, think they only got to the fi- the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they only once. got there once. They, right. uh, yeah, they only got there once. But f- for some reason, I kept thinking they were maybe a, th- a three or a four seed some of those early years in the O'Shea run. Yeah, um, they were. But... Uh, <laughs> It's. I'm not saying that it's difficult or it's hard, but you're on that. You're basically on the B level in terms of 
what am I, you know, how do I break into that top tier? Like, I, I don't know what you could, what more you could do if you were Portland is, is, yeah, I'm sure that you can, you know, get, get more talent in there. But I mean, if, the, if, if, it, if it's going to end in running to, running into a, Warriors team was, or a Lakers yeah, team, they're, like they're, it's they're just kind of like the Blazers. The Blazers have always been; they managed to get a top tier point guard. He it, look, Damian Lillard could be the kind of guy who you could build a championship team around. And what sucks for Blazers fans, and needless to say, the team itself and Dame, is that they weren't able to do it for a variety of different reasons. Um, you know, they were. Lillard was just starting to get good at the tail end of the Marcus Aldridge era when Aldridge suddenly, you know, sort of shuffled off to win a title in San Antonio and then kind of began to crater anyway. But uh, and, you know, there were every year in the playoffs, a good team would expose the defensive limitations of the McCollum Lillard backcourt. Yep. And what they needed to do was figure out a way to move CJ for a player of comparable ability, but one who wouldn't get pick and roll to death by the good teams. Um, And they didn't do that. Uh, The right deal never presented itself. They got lowballed. You can um, figure out a ton of reasons why. I mean, but they just never... Yeah. Do you think they should have traded CJ maybe two, three years ago? Oh, I I, I should have. Yeah. 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 they tried to build like around the fringes to... by like overpaying for Robert Covington. You know, uh, they traded up to get they traded up and and cost themselves John Collins in order to get Zach Collins, who ended up being a bust. Yeah, like that. Like John Collins would be a very nice player to have. Uh, you know, they managed to snag Yusuf Nurkic on the cheap from the Nuggets when when Jokic blossomed. And yeah. then Jurkic could, just couldn't stay healthy on the floor, and now you know he he was a Jurkic was not a shot blocker, but a, he was a really, solid dude. He was he's a, a really good defensive player and rim yeah. protector, like if not an actual shot blocker. But teams did not shoot well against him, and he was just quick afoot enough to match up with wings and guards on pick and roll stuff. But now he's lost half a step, and he just doesn't move as well as he did two and a half or whatever it was three years ago when they acquired him. So a bunch of little things didn't really work out. They figured they could keep those two guys. And if they made the right additions up front, that it would all come together. It just, just right. never did. And, but, and, it you feels know. Like, and it feels like they were trying to, I think a lot of teams have this issue, <laughs> Boston Celtics. Uh, <laughs> you're trying to extend your contender window, which, you know, it, the Boston I, I, Celtics I, I, are another case altogether. That's just Danny Ainge being unable and unwilling to pull the trigger. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like, the, and and there are things that got in, or that that I'm not saying that got in the way for the Celtics, but there are things that the Celtics basically kind of screwed themselves over on in terms. They of, were looked absolutely when when they signed Hayward. Originally. They signed Hayward and Irving and had and everything. Irving. The, the, if they had the Jalen's and Marcus Smart and Horford and if, Hayward if and Irving, it, and that was a like 
I remember when they signed Hayward, and, he, and I thought, oh, wow, that is an incredibly talented team. Look out. Well, and, and that's be- a, and that's the thing. You look at the, you look at the the lay of the land for the for the Eastern Conference in 2016. I think I am fairly sure I said on the podcast probably around 2017, 2018 that I thought the Boston Celtics would be the best team in the East over the next like half decade. And yeah, was, oh. because you all because you you saw. You saw what was being. They did. Built. Danny Age passed on so many. And and things. and I think so it, it's it's many. this whole, it's 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 this whole. You're trying to do, you're trying to make the right moves, but at the same time, sometimes you just have to take a risk and go and, all in. Yeah. And what ended up happening is there was a trade. There's supposedly a trade. The trade that kills me, which is that. When right before Phil Jackson got fired with the Knicks, supposedly or reportedly, they called up Boston and asked for then rookie Jalen Brown and the third pick in that year's draft, which became Jason Tatum. So like, well, and that's the thing. And, like, and age passed on that, or the or the Knicks wouldn't approve it because they knew they were going to fire Phil Jackson well, yeah. oh, within yeah, a matter of weeks. Well, but that would have been a good trade. For, well, for yeah, but, I mean, but, but I that's, like also, that that's also one of those things where, you know, I look at Boston and Portland and you're trying to either extend your contender window look, or you're for, trying to manufacture. Up until last them. year, people were genuinely asking, and with good reason, had Milwaukee's window slammed shut already. Which is funny because they really didn't do anything to. No, they didn't do anything. They just they, they didn't. They, they didn't do anything to open one. It was just kind of like you're lumped into it's the Boston, situation. it's Cleveland, and then there's Toronto and Milwaukee, and it's like, oh hey, they might make a conference finals. Good on them. And what have we seen? The situation presented both of them to Milwaukee. Finals. And they just ran with it. And honestly, if, if Kevin Durant's feet were too inches shorter, they don't. Then we're all having a very different Facts. conversation. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I think about Portland and I look at them in Boston and I'm just like, you're 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 trying to manufacture a contender window, or you have one and you don't pull the trigger. And what happens? You're basically like you're hanging. Look, the same on thing is happening to the Nuggets. Right. Right now. Oh, absolutely. There was a period absolutely. last year, like before Murray got hurt, there was a period last year where you thought, actually, okay, this team can win a title very soon. Jokic is do you know, is doing insane Jokic things. Porter looks like he's on the verge of becoming a third star. Jamal Murray was balling out. If I may say balling out, can I? <laughs> that was one of the funniest early or, or one of the funny things in the uh, I'm back to say Bob can't the, say uh, in the uh, early. Oh, you turned it in. Happy, mm, happy. Uh-huh. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a real hooper. <laughs> Did y'all see the memes oh, of like the the Hooper brain versus the the eye test? <laughs> Un- unfortunately, <laughs> yes. That made me so happy. That was so funny. And now, like, look at the Nuggets. Porter has a second back injury. Third. For third? Is this? Yes. Oh, that's right. He got one. That's right. He missed, missed a year in Missouri. Um, Porter now has a third back injury. Mm. Uh, Jamal Murray still has not returned. Uh, he tore an Achilles, I think, which is just a very bad injury for a player to have. Or did he tear an ACL? I thought he was an ACL. I, I could be wrong. I thought he was ACL. I'm not going to Google it. But 
Suddenly, it was ACL. Yeah, it was ACL. Okay, that's better than the Achilles. But suddenly no one is thinking, okay, well, the Nuggets, we can pencil the Nuggets in for at least one trip to the finals. And the Nuggets didn't really do anything wrong. Right. Like nothing about that roster construction or management, you could scream, well, they really screwed that up. If they're but, healthy, they're the favorites to win the West this year. Nah. Jokic, MPJ, and what we saw last year, healthy Murray, uh, healthy no, Barton, no. healthy healthy group, Monty Morris, everybody oh, in there. No, they were no, definitely yeah, there. No. Yeah, yeah is, I, I don't know about that. Phoenix is still better. I don't know if Phoenix, yeah. e- I don't know if Phoenix beats them last year if the Nuggets yeah. are fully healthy. Well, if they're really healthy, sure, maybe Well, that's what I'm not, saying. But they're not. But yeah. I mean, the Nuggets aren't even a playoff team this year. Like, I don't think that they're fully, going to be able to make the playoffs. Fully healthy Nuggets are, I would still favor Phoenix in that series. Okay. But. I mean, um, Phoenix right now is just, uh, <laughs> I don't know when they're going to lose again. Like, Phoenix is on a, they're another a level. They're a good team, man. They are good. They're good and they're smart. And if, if Chris Paul weren't such a jerk, I would have more fun watching them. Not a Chris Paul guy. Chase, question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you did you hear the news that I was talking to Bob that I kind of I dropped? I've forgotten it already. Just to be, Um, we can't we can't do this to Bob anymore. Yeah, I was listening. I I was on mute and I was listening as I was doing that. But yes. Yeah. Hey, don't fill your quarterback rooms up too much, Mm -hmm. especially in a transfer portal era. This isn't NCAA 06 again. Well, I Tennessee doesn't have to worry about that. We're just trying to fill it up enough to have more than two scholarship quarterbacks on. Honestly, honestly what was it? Um, if if y'all can get one of these top quarterbacks on the portal. Dylan Gabriel, come on down. Y'all, hey, y'all could. I'm not saying that you guys win the East next year, but. National championship. I know we're passing no. Notre Dame sooner rather than later. We can. You, you and I can agree to okay. that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just beat Georgia. Hey, I mean, it's it's not like it it rarely happens. That's actually the, beat Alabama. That's well. Hold on, we got pods coming, Andrew, and the pods are going to save Tennessee fans because we're going to be in the pod with Kentucky and Vanderbilt, maybe Mizzou I, you too. Know what? I, I it's going to be a beautiful thing. To, I, I I want them to make the pods out of random. They're like, not do, do that. like literally every four years, World Cup style mm-hmm. for the next four years. This is what your pod looks like. Yeah, they're not going to do that. You know what? Don't be a hater. I'm not being a hater. I'm saying they're they're just you're you're asking too much from from these people. They're not going to do that. They're going to make this it as makes, simple it, as possible. It, it, it's it's a cool idea. That's why they don't want to do it. That's possible. They're not cool. The SEC is definitely not cool. Um, last thing, and we'll we'll wrap up here. Um, the MLB is in a lockout. Andrew. Are you at all surprised at what no, uh, what's happened here? Do you think it's no. getting better anytime soon? Uh, no, because we are, and I mentioned this to somebody this week, the the lockout is basically just been delayed a day, or it was basically delayed a year, um, because this really should have happened in a normal yeah, cycle. Yeah, they, 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 were, they were worried about losing money during the COVID time. Yeah, like, like this kind of, like... The pandemic occurring in spring training saved us a year from this. Um, like it's, you just delayed the inevitable. It's still crap. Um, yeah, not happy about it. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's. I just. I think we can all agree. All agree, especially Bob. 
that the longer the Atlanta Braves <laughs> remain world champions, the better hey, for all hey, of us. You could, are you guys going to get Freddie Freeman back or no? I don't know, or man. I'm pretty dubious about Freddy? it. I'm pretty Is dubious. Is Freddie going to, like, spite sign with the Yankees or something like that? I don't think he'll be a spite signing. I don't think he's going to be a Yankee. Uh, I, if he goes question. anywhere, he's going back to the West Coast. If he leaves, I, I think say, he... Oh, yeah. where, where would he go? Because I've, the only, the I've only seen the one option is the Braves. Like, who, where else would he go? The Dodgers or the Angels. Maybe the Padres. Don't, don't go with the Padres. I, I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't want to have the, the same cycle that we've... I feel like we've gone through two or three cycles in the last 15 to 17 years where the Padres load up on a bunch of free agents just to finish third in the West. Like I'm not doing that, though. Be- you know what? Shout out to them. They went for it. They tried. They got destroyed with injuries this year. But, hey, they were the favorites. Like, wow. No, Jeez, but I mean. brought out the Bart Simpson, you tried cake. <laughs> no, right. no, but that's but that how Major League a- Baseball is now, Bob. Is like we d- we have to be very, very forthcoming about like how much we appreciate them trying. Like when you have uh, the Pirates owner laying out his stuff this week and you have the, the Rock- Pirates and the Orioles are are, in, are like a mid-level marketing scheme. That's no, that's the Oklahoma are. City Thunder who lost by 70 something points last night. And I feel I vindicated. Oh, oh, you mean you mean a shady team that was brought to a place under shady circumstances <laughs> kind of really doesn't know what to do without uh, budding superstars? It's yeah. a Look. joke. I was oh. so mad when I saw that. I was in I was in the library, twelve thirty, and I saw it, and I was like, "That can't be right." I thought it was a misprint. <laughs> I was like, "That's not right. That that's that's not a thing." And then I go through it, and I was looking at the box, and I was like, "Just ban them. Like this should be a fine. Like fine. Sam Presti should not be allowed to be GM my, anymore. My ability, Kick him out." My theory on the whole tanking and the hinky thing is this: it's if teams want to purposely put a subpar product on the field mm. they should charge fans less money yeah for tickets that's it i think everything should cost less should though be, like merch should cost prices. less <laughs> everything, everything should cost less yeah hot dogs are a dollar now yes a beer is a quarter to go to a <laughs> thunder game yeah um yeah it, uh, seriously it's if you want to say look we're putting a developmental team on the court you don't get to charge regular prices as if yeah. you're still selling a premium product. You're selling a G League you product. Just... Right. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is very... between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Oklahoma City Blue. I think a massive reckoning with the fact that the entire trust the process mantra was picked up by Democratic Socialists here on the East Coast. It was a very weird alliance. For some... <laughs> really... Oh, look, it's Bob Soros, everybody. Andrew yeah. Sharp has logged no, into the, the... chat. The Democratic <laughs> Socialists of America, right. various members, got really behind the Sixers mm-hmm. and what they were doing when they were, you know, rolling uh, various uh, Michael Carter Williams and Rocco like and Henry Sims and yeah Henry DJ. Sims, yes. God. And, who else and was talking about remembering some guys? Tony Roten. I was gonna and... say Tony Roten. That was who I was thinking of. He he sticks out the most to me. Tony Roten, Memphis legend. Memphis legend Tony Roten, <laughs> and and of course, big shot Bob Covington. Right. Who was you? He was deemed one of the great successes of the process. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a really weird alliance, and the kind of cognitive dissonance required by supposed you know tankies to to get behind that was was just bizarre yeah i agree um but bob in terms of the lockout 
Do you think okay. this gets resolved soon? Do you think this is going to be one of the uglier ones that takes a long time? What do you? Yeah. What do you it's think? Going to take a really, really. Are going to miss games? Time. Yeah, I think so. I think um, so too. Uh, I do too. I, I I think it's not going to be a ton of games, but I think they are. Uh, I, I, what the owners are. Uh, Get Manfred out of here. I've never like at least Goodell seems like he likes the NFL and Adam Silver killed Manfred hates the sport. I really yeah, do Manfred, think he hates it. Goodell, I don't think he likes the NFL. I think he likes being paid forty four million dollars or whatever yeah. his salary is. Um I I don't know if Rob I don't know if, if Goodell actually likes anything. <laughs> except like maybe a nice cardigan. Well, or, he likes a nice furnished basement. We saw that. Yeah, we, we saw the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Rob canceled baseball. His dream has come true. He's very he's a happy man right now. Well that statement was so weird. The owners are I didn't even read it. It's not good. Don't read it, Andrew. Oh no, no, uh, no. I I I, you know when you see somebody post something, you're like, I'm not reading that crap. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. (laughs) The smartest thing that the owners did is they realized that they can still pay Max Scherzer, you know, forty three million a year, let's go Mets. Um Or an exorbitant contract to whomever, and where they're going to make up their money is by squeezing baseball's entire middle class. And that's what the players should be fighting for, because it's not, you know, people, they'll use it as as leverage to say, look, well, if you can afford to pay a 37-year-old pitcher something close to $130 million, you know, clearly the players have nothing to complain about. And what mm. they don't know about, like, minor leaguers who are living on ramen noodles every single goddamn day. And the um, veterans who are still useful that are just left to cast aside because you can pay. No one's going to yeah. sign a half-decent fourth starter who has 10 years of service time if they can plug and play, uh, you know, a triple A plus yep. uh, kid for a few innings. Um and the economics of the sport are designed to put a right now the financial incentives of the basic sports structure make it so teams are economically uh, encouraged to put a lesser product on the field. Mm-hmm. The economic imperatives make it such that it is considered good business sense to make something crappy. And now anyone who's paid attention to late period capitalism will not be surprised by this development, but it's hit baseball too. Like, you know, just the manipulation of service time for kids coming up. There was a leaked audio. I forget who wrote it up. There was a good report about how, you know, at one of the owners meetings, they gave awards to the team that was able to best, I think, artificially suppress service. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. Like they're congratulating themselves for, uh, you know, wage manipulation. It's galaxy brain stuff here where we're like, I just, it's, it, I don't even know how you fix this though. Cause there's so many I mean, of those well, types you know, of sport. I, I'm actually, I look, you know, I've complained a little bit about Steve Cohen, the Mets mm-hmm. owner on this podcast. I don't yep, know if yep. you know that. No. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, <laughs> uh, but you know, I like the fact that he's sort of a, the one part about Steve Cohen that I do like is that he's he's definitely one of the last breed, I think, of, of especially baseball owners who actually um, <laughs> who's not, you know, just sort of like an, uh, a shell company of McKinsey somehow. Yeah, it's it's just it, Go Braves. They're, they're the, you're right. Yeah. Who would Liberty Media? Owns they're in the Colorado. Braves? We never see them. 
Yeah. Right. Nobody knows who the Braves owner. <laughs> oh, that's like there was, uh, a, there was a Twitter question the other day. Someone asked, "Can you name the Rockies owner?" Dick Monfort. Yes. The only reason I could do that is because I keep thinking it's Paul Manafort. No. Um, <laughs> yes. That, hey, could he be worse? Who's to say? It, it could. Yeah. Um, but right. I mean, it's it's seriously just going to be a series of of faceless corporations mm-hmm. whose only whose only goal is extracting ever increasing levels of profit and doesn't seem to really care whether they win or lose. Again, I'll go back to like because the they're not the games. They're not there. They're just the cashing the checks. And yeah. The Orioles, all they have to do is artificially depress salaries as much as possible, and they and it doesn't matter how many people show up. It doesn't matter what their you know regional sports network contract is. Revenue sharing means they will still be able to make money. And you know, baseball ownership and all sports ownership, it's a long-term game. Mm-hmm. These properties appreciate over time. It's why, you know, whatever oh, what's his name? Loria can buy the Marlins for whatever he did in I think it was 2002 that he bought them and you know, sell it for a giant enormous return on his investment mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter even if he loses. that's why when teams say oh you know a third of the league lost money or two-thirds of the league lost money it's like yeah in the last you know four financial quarters they did but if they but sell it no, today they're making all that money back right, in but all yeah. of these guys are playing that long game and they mm-hmm. know that when they cash out they're going to make up that money tenfold or twentyfold or whatever you know or you know going back to donald sterling mm-hmm. who Paid something like two hundred, two million maybe for the Clippers in the early. The best 80s. example is Jerry Jones. He got it for a steal. Yep. They were oh the book on Jeff Perlman has a great book on this, but like how he bought the Cowboys and they're the most valuable franchise in in sports. Oh right. yeah, oh yeah, oh boys will be boys. Up, yes, right. When the owners open up their their you know quote unquote open up their books and say oh, oh, oh. the league is just like saying like look half of our teams are losing money every year mm-hmm. and uh it's like yes technically that's true <laughs> that doesn't matter but all of these people are operating on financial levels where honestly those losses are just dealt with as a tax write-off for the many multi many shell corporations and facets of their sprawling economic empire such that those losses really do, not only do they not matter in the moment this year when they can be used to write off you know income against income tax they don't even matter because like 10 years down the line they're going to make it all up anyway. and it's also why do you get so, into sports ownership anyway like if you're in it to get a profit I and you're know. that like why get into it why I mean, that's why I say yay for Steve Cohen. For the chicks. He could, he could pawn off a, that's a Jerry Jones thing. He could pawn off a jock committee or two. And, and he's like, yeah, he, he may be an idiot mm-hmm. and a sleaze bag, but he does kind of want to win. So hooray for that. You know, come on the pod and defend um, yourself, Steve Cohen. Get away from Twitter. Come on the pod. Oh, he, I, I log off. <laughs> Doesn't he have it's his own cute. podcast? Does he? I don't know. I, th- I, I, I thought somebody with the Mets front office had a podcast at one point. I don't know. I, maybe. I mean, we even missed out. Oh, God. Did we talk about uh, Keith Hernandez? No. Oh, God. What did Keith do now? We can't Keith do this. We, we can't do the whole Keith, Keith Hernandez Keith, thing. We'll, we'll, all right, fine. Edit this out. We won't leave it in. We'll talk about it later. Keith Hernandez. We can leave it in. We just can't go down a rabbit hole here. 
Very quickly, Keith mm. Hernandez decided to tweet out his promotion of a book by notorious anti-vax crank Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we talked about that last week. Okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah, we, we were talked about that last week. Or we Two talked weeks. about that the week before. All right, we, I, time is lost. Time is a look. Everyone knows this. The time is an artificial construct. So <laughs> when we talked Damn about it. Right. Didn't doesn't really matter. So in any case, my rant about baseball is. Um, the owners have are going to are are absolutely going to grind this one out, and they shouldn't, but they will. And um, will uh, the MLBPA cave? I don't know. I mean, they've been telling. I mean, to your point earlier, they've been telling. According to reports, they have been telling players, you know what? If you want to save up for a, a rainy day. It's going to get rainy, and they started doing that before the COVID season. So they have been sort of – they've been saying, like, listen, if you don't get to a place where you can't miss a paycheck or two. That's why Castellanos was like, I'll take a 12-year contract today. I don't care if it's uh, it's in Seattle or Oakland. Yeah, no, give me the 12-year contract. Yeah. All I'll say is dig in your freaking heels, guys. Uh, I know. Labor I, I, solidarity I, is really hard. I'm, I mean, I'm, and the all, only person who screwed it up was Trevor Bauer somehow. I'm, which is ironic. Um, <laughs> did, did you see the tweet he had today? He was like, "Oh man, the, we're all unlocked, right?" And it's like, dude, you haven't tweeted in six months. Nobody cares about you, dude. Also, are we sure anyone's um, going to sign Trevor Bauer next year? Oh hell no! Uh, if he gets, I mean, his contract—he's got a contract with the Dodgers. It would have to be voided somehow. Okay. Uh under like a morals clause by Major League Baseball. I don't even think they can void his entire contract. Yeah. Can we void his Twitter account? Somebody explained it in a way that was basically like, yeah, if if the Dodgers tried to get rid of Trevor Bauer, he is going to like Players Association the hell out of it. And it's going to look, I'm not defending Trevor Bauer, but (laughs) um, yeah, the Players Association should. The Dodgers, I'm sorry. You signed a creepazoid. You yeah. knew he was a creepazoid. And you kind of knew he was, yeah. Yeah, not to go to the you know parable of the old woman and the snake, but you knew who he was. <laughs> Pay the man his time money. With Bob. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a good whole uh, I, I, ASMR Christmas novel. Like, I, Maybe that's what I should get for my parents. Bob uh, telling po- uh, parables in the pot. I just record them and uh, send them as an audio tape. That'd be great. Um, guys? We'll we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Let's leave it there. Bob, <laughs> what can we check out from you at the Daily Beast this week? Uh, uh because we didn't get to pod last week because mm. I think you were celebrating some holiday. I forget which one. I, I think it was Thanksgiving. Like I think it was in another city, an area. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think I think if you if you'd really you know, <laughs> decided to podcast like a champion uh-huh. the Notre Dame way, right? That you right. round your way through it. Okay. But leaving mm-hmm. that aside. Uh, there's an article of mine. <laughs> there's an article of mine <laughs> uh, about uh, a couple of uh, dinguses again <laughs> on the internet. Um, I wrote about um, basically that uh, if you've looked anywhere on social media there and talking about the tragedy in Waukesha where you know six people got killed and sixty people got injured by uh, an individual who allegedly ran over a Christmas parade with his car. Um, There, a a huge chunk of the far right now, all the way up to Tucker Carlson, 
believes that Black Lives Matter made him do it. Oh, so Jesus I, Christ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you these things. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's yeah. it's oh, just good Lord. I'm sorry. In any case, so I, I wrote about where that idea came from and how it spread on the interwebs. So because that's evidently the kind of thing I do now as a sports reporter. It's Bob's beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, what can we check out from you and the good folks at the Detroit Free Press? Um, it has been, I hate to be heavy, guys, but it has been a heavy week up here. Um, the Oxford High School yeah. shooting, um, just thoughts and prayers to those kids and those families. Um, with, with school shootings, I like to detach myself from it because when you watch it and you see the stories about these young people losing their lives, it's just, it, it screws with you so bad because you're like, these kids should be you know, worrying about holiday parties and homework, but they aren't. And, you know, some of these other kids, their friends, instead of getting together for holiday parties and planning, you know, stuff for the second half of the semester in their junior, senior years, they're planning funerals. And it's tragic and it sucks and it hurts and i was watching uh i watched a clip i want to say it was maybe yesterday of a student who was talking to cnn and he was with his family and he's talking about one of his friends and then the news came in that on that one of the uh students that was shot ended up passing away and they broke the news to him right then and there. And he just broke down and started crying. And I'm just like, <sighs> like, I hate getting political on this, but it's just thoughts and prayers don't do it anymore. Like, it's so it feels so numb. And this week has felt so numb. And I hate that because this should be talked about. This should be something that we should it should be a national discussion on. I, I get it, but it's just, it's very seeing everything that's happened this week and seeing, you know, the aftermath of it. It's, it's depressing as hell, man. Like it, it sucks. Um, I'm and having it so close doesn't help. You know, I mean, these are, these are people less than, you know, 50 miles away, like less than an hour away. I mean, it doesn't, but, but that doesn't matter. It's just, I'm looking at the TV right now. They are having like a, basically like kind of like a vigil in Oxford right now. Um, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough because these kids should still be alive. And the parents, I'm, I'm glad that the law enforcement understand to charge the parents because I don't know if you guys have read the uh, New York Times story today on basically kind of like the timeline of events and what we've kind of learned from uh, from investigations and, and looking into the parents more. Yeah, the fallout of this is going to be quite ugly and there's a lot of people that are going to be going down. Hmm. Yeah, it's something to monitor and to keep up with, and it's just hard. And like you said, Andrew, I think you you laid all that out perfectly. So, um, thoughts and prayers with them. Bob, it's not enough. Bob, yeah. say 
say something wild so we can end this on a on a high note. Mm. Uh, <sighs> <sighs> you know what? I'll ask you, Bob. Are you going to see sure. Willem Dafoe in the newest Spider-Man movie? Ah, uh, yeah. Look, Willem's back, <laughs> man. My man, Willem. Oh, I needed that At laugh. some point off the pod, I will tell you the most disturbing Willem Dafoe story I know. Oh, no. Wait, wait there's more? There's You have a d- disturbing Willem the, Dafoe story? We're not talking about the Willem Dafoe, like, dot images folder that I keep on my desktop. That's Which different. you should, pr- you know, Bob, I honestly hope. Goodbye, guys. That's it for this episode of the Sports Reporters <laughs> Assembling. <laughs> I, I tr- Bob, I, I truly hope that nobody decides to, like, hijack your computer because they're going to be Look, looking stuff and they're like, what the hell is this? My OPSEC is locked down tight. You guys don't have to worry about that. <laughs> okay, good. There you go. Alright, well, Bob Silverman, <laughs> Andrew Hammond, thank you guys, as always. Great being back with you this week. Um, and I will talk to you both next week on a break. It's great. No school. Loving it. Gonna love it. Alright, bye guys. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.